as, as <laughs> men, we, the doing is hard to break. Yeah. Yes. Your yeah. partner will reach up to participate right. and you have to smack their hand. <laughs> when, when, when she's taking from me, she'll just like, I'll reach up, I'll be like, oh, and it just smacks my hand down. And I'm like, oh yeah, right, I'm the fuck toy right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And like, loving it. Yeah, and loving yeah. it. And then when you can really drop into that space, I honestly have never felt anything more nourishing sexually than wow. than being in a totally non-doing, mm. pleasurable state. If you're happy with the same old ways of dating, if you enjoy sucking at communication, and you have no desire to improve your romantic life, then our podcast might not be for you. But if you want some out-of-the-box ideas to deepen your current relationships, broaden your sexual horizons, develop a better understanding of yourself, or learn more about non-monogamy, then you've come to the right place. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. And this is the Multiamory Podcast. On this episode of the Multiamory Podcast, we're talking to Cosmo Means and Melissa Mango about their work regarding pleasure-based touch and consent. Mm -hmm. And we're here on, uh, well, this is going to come out the day before our final show of our North American tour. Our LA show. Our yeah. LA show, the final one. So we hope to see you all there. Mm -hmm. uh, and also, we're recording this um, right after RelateCon, which we just attended and presented along with Cosmo and Mango at mm -hmm. uh, at RelateCon over the weekend here in Boise, Idaho. Beautiful yeah. Boise, Idaho. Yeah, it is Boise. beautiful. Yeah. You can't see it, dear listeners, but we <laughs> have a beautiful scene outside. Uh -huh. It's yeah. lovely. Uh, so let's just get right into it. Yeah. Um, we attended a workshop that Cosmo and Mango did um, that was connected to the company Happy Touch. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah. Um, so a snippet. Yeah. That was, yeah. That was just the tiniest little appetizer. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we yeah. all got to participate in it, mm -hmm. and it was fantastic. And we've been talking about it for like a day since yeah, then. Yeah, since yeah, yeah. Then. yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. So it just kind of to start the scene, can you tell us a little about yourselves and what you do, why you were here, etc. And you're about to actually do um, a couple classes after RelateCon as well. Mm -hmm. So kind of yeah. dive into that a little bit. You want to go first? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Uh, I came down from Canada and I'm a somatic sex educator in Canada. Uh, I also come from a history of being a chef. I've opened a number of restaurants, all health-related and pleasure-based as well. Mm -hmm. Nice. Cool. Uh, I'm visiting Boise, Idaho for the first time. Came by invite from beautiful Melissa Mango. And we've collaborated. So we did two workshops together at RelateCon. One was based on relating games that uh, that Mango's been practicing and, and doing in workshops for Quite, a, quite some time. A couple years, yeah. Uh, the other one is, like we said, a little snippet of uh, some work that we do with Happy Touch. Happy Touch is a company that uh, I have in Canada with my wife, Caitlin K. Roberts. And we're launching an app with that company connecting uh, sex educators with clients. Nice. And so we also are a platform that um, basically brings anything around pleasure and consent and sexuality to the forefront, making it really accessible. And yeah, we're here. We're loving it. We're having fun. We're about to do a two-day workshop, a full intensive. Oh wow! Kind of a two-day version of the snippet we did at RelateCon. Oh, I see. Yeah, a lot more. And just like yeah, to go into it a little bit further to give people more opportunities to explore and more time for processing. As you see, you've been talking about it for the last day. Yeah, there's a lot that comes out with very simple stuff that we're working on. Yeah, and that was only like an hour and a half that we got to spend with you. So. Yeah, so that's that's a little snippet um, of me. If, if there's anything I missed, let me know. But Mango, <laughs> sure we'll maybe. Get to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm Melissa Mango. I am starting to get my voice back. Um, I'm originally from Boise. I actually moved here like in my early, like right out of high school, and then ended up, you know, going and actually. Um, I was a private chef as well. I've had oh, a wow. restaurant in LA, Redondo Beach, actually. Oh, a cool. restaurant. And that's how kind of I met Cosmo. We worked um, as a team in that whole pleasure-based raw food scene. Yeah. And um, yeah, <laughs> and that's, that's a huge story. But <laughs> Cool. Um, <you're, laughs> that's a fun story. That's a really fun <laughs> well, not, story, not too. Not but not today, yeah. <laughs> so um, out of chefing and the raw food scene, I became a clinical hypnotherapist because I was really helping people shift patterns in their life around 
um, you know, diet and exercise and, you know, how they want to take care of their bodies and stuff. And um, that turned into something different. Clients started visiting me around issues with their sexuality, hangups. I don't know if it's just something I kind of draw in or people feel really comfortable with me. But it, when I started helping people really um, explore their sensuality and open up and shift things on that level, I thought, wow, this is way more exciting to talk about than kale and <laughs> the protein content. Yeah. And well, that like, is pretty exciting stuff. That's, that is really yeah. exciting. Let's do it justice. Yeah, it, it, it's really exciting. But the, something else was inside of me of like, wow, this is something I actually want to study beyond my own training for myself or exploration. So then I went to San Francisco Sex Information School and got some basic things because I didn't know how I was going to use the education or where I was going to go. Was I going to become a sex therapist? You know, I didn't really know. So I started there and then realized, you know, combining the sex education, which was pretty basic, and then combining the hypnosis, there was some another element I was exploring and just seeing naturally. And that's where the somatic sex education came in. So that's like a mm. body-based, erotic, pleasure-based practice. Wow. Um, and then Cosmo and I were kind of met up at another point reconvened mm -hmm. again and thought wow let's let's continue you know yeah we did the um, intimacy training program which is like a week-long mm -hmm. mini version kind of like the snippet we did at RelateCon mm -hmm. mm -hmm. this was a mini version of intimacy training that we did with a mentor of ours Kath and Jesse mm -hmm. and yeah. uh, and we just both went whoa this is whoa. this is our work huh. this is what we're supposed to be doing mm -hmm. and 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 just collectively and individually decided mm -hmm. to dive deeper and take the full somatic sex educator training mm -hmm. program which is uh hosted in canada and then the the american version is sexological bodywork training mm -hmm. which is based oh, in san francisco and i really yeah. wanted to study with cosmo and, and caffeine specifically and so i ended up going to canada for that training but um yeah so i have a private practice in nevada city california and i also travel a bit you know relate con and go to different places and bring you know, what I do to little communities. I also do Sensuous Society, which is a kind of a community that I started of people that want to explore their sensuality. So we get together and have like events. Uh, we learn things like how to do rope, how to make it safe and exciting. Oh, wow. um, we, do, we, we explore all kinds of things, really, um, how to take care of your cycle and really make the choice if you want to become a parent, for mm. example. Mm. Um, so I bring in other experts because it's all things that I'm interested in. And I would really like to mix it up and have other people present to the community. So right. that's yeah. amazing. Very yeah. Cool. Yeah. You were mentioning something when we were talking before about that, and I just I thought this was really cool. But the idea of you know a lot of people out there might be interested in trying some sort of kink BDSM something, right? right. Like some rope play, like you mentioned, uh -huh. or spanking, or some kind of you yeah. know power exchange. But that when you Google that, you get these really extreme things, yeah. or you go to like an open house type thing at a mm. dungeon or something. And you know? you're like, and it's people performing these really intense scenes. And you're yes. just like, I, I'm terrified. I don't or, know. Yeah. Or you do. watch Fifty Shades of Grey and you get <laughs> yeah. this whole other yeah. idea of what <laughs> yeah. it's all yeah. about. So, yeah. so I yeah. like bringing in teachers that really teach you maybe like how to do the knots and then how to be connected with your partner which looks very different than the scenes that you see in a dungeon, mm -hmm. right. like how to get in your body and actually build intimacy using this object, like a rope wow. or like a, you know, um, a, a switch flogger or a flogger or, or something like that. So you, that way you can choose the experience you want to have. You can have something very light and sensual and just play with like that, or you can make it really extreme. But the, but the point is to have the full, buffet to pick from right, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. And, so. and it's starting out small by offering people an opportunity to explore these things this is all fairly new territory for me as well um and which is why i like the accessibility because i you know i had images of what i thought kink and bdsm and rope play was about prior and then when i was exposed to it i was like wow this is a completely different thing there's tons of intimacy tons mm -hmm. of connection tons of opportunity to slow down and feel into your body which is mm -hmm. a lot of what we practice personally and teach about so the first time i ever played with ropes was actually with mango after right. she after hosted after our training and you hosted something with Max from Seattle. Right. So I had a specialist, you know, come in and teach. And then I was really excited. To and share. she brought these ropes and this <laughs> stuff. And she's like, here, let me show you. And she like. 
And it was nothing like elaborate. No, it was all it was decorative. Like, yeah. It was like, yeah. and then I just fell in love. I was like, wow, like those ropes look really beautiful on your body. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And it and it was and it was very decorative. And interestingly enough, I just was very excited about that. I shared that. And it showed me the stigma around that because mm-hmm. what I got back was people unfriending me on Facebook, oh, wow. saying you shouldn't be posting that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was this was just a picture of Mango's back with rope, rope on decorative it. Mm-hmm. rope on it. Mm-hmm. Right. So I found that very interesting. And, and I had to then again reflect on how I present in, in social media in regards to various things, just yeah. to be aware of the stigmas that are attached to some right. of this stuff yeah. and start to slowly, hopefully, break down and 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 that's where the accessibility piece comes in as well yeah i know for myself that for so long when i was younger when i was trying to figure out what am i into what kind of sexual being am i what kind of kinks do i have that i definitely had this perception with kink or any kind of bdsm or bondage or anything and i think this was probably very much led by mainstream pornography my perception was like it has to be extreme Mm -hmm. right like if you're going to enjoy this you have to enjoy a lot of pain a lot of intense sensation a lot of extreme subjugation and like that's what it is to enjoy this right and so for a number of years in my early 20s i was like okay i guess i'll try to do it and like kind of try to find the parts that i like and kind of endure the rest Mm. you know without realizing that you something that the both of you mentioned in your workshop that the idea of there being a palette of sensation mm-hmm. within any the kind of touch. Palette. Exactly. Whether mm-hmm. it is, you know, rope play or bondage or not, just any kind of sensual touch that there's this huge spectrum that, again, I think that um, a lot of people don't realize mm-hmm. and that people- it's okay to find this more nuanced, more complex experience and sensation within these experiences. Right. Yeah, and beautiful. people have a choice to really decide where they want to take the sensation, what right. really works for them. Right. Yeah. That's beautiful. I really quickly want to take a little bit of a sidestep because I want to talk about the name of your company, Happy Touch. Because <laughs> I'll be honest, when I first read, you know, the name of your workshop was Happy Touching, colon, uh, like exploring, taking for your pleasure, something yeah. like that. And when I read Happy Touching, I was like, this sounds like a kid's workshop maybe, but, <laughs> but like it involves touching. And so I'm like, I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> but then like when I gave it another look and I was like, okay, no, Happy Touch, like something that's like positive and pleasurable and not necessarily sexual. Uh-huh. So tell me a little bit behind your decision to name your company that way. Yeah, that's a really, really fantastic question. So it came to me about, I was taking Like a Pro, which is Betty Martin's training for educators to learn about the wheel of consent, which is a type of language that Betty and and chart really that Betty um, developed and teaches. And so this is there's a lot of uh, the work that we do is based has a foundation in in the wheel of consent. And you can put links up to Betty's work and there's tons of footage on there. Um, And so I was doing the training and I was just like in my body exploring and being like, what are we what are we really practicing here? What What is this that we're doing? And even though we're exploring sexuality, the reality is that sexuality is a gateway to having more life force and thriving in the rest of your life. And so as I was feeling into that, I'm like, well, how is this accessible to people? What is this really about? And it's about just feeling good about touch. And yeah. so much of our lives... We maybe are touched non-consensually. Maybe we haven't even created the idea of consent within our body and created this, this idea that we're autonomous beings, that we also have to have trust with ourselves. And by creating some boundaries for ourselves, our bodies trust us. And then once we are within our boundaries of consent, then we can explore this happy touch. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't necessarily have to be sexual. And I, I'm glad that you brought up about children. I have young children and I teach them these principles too, just mm-hmm. in regards to brother and sister touching in a gentle mm-hmm. way. Don't wow. touch people when you're angry. Yeah. Touch people when you're happy huh. and mm-hmm. ask them if they're allowed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this is, you know, I love the saying that like everything we needed to learn, we learned in kindergarten mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and like not separating ourselves as adults you know, that sure, we as adults have different types of touch exploration, but that it also should be playful. Mm-hmm. We should embrace our inner child that Don't our bodies are so like, seriously. yeah, our yeah. bodies are playgrounds. Yeah. And so let's have happy touch in our playgrounds. Mm-hmm. Let's find language to be able to explore that type of touch. Mm-hmm. So that's where it came from. And that's 
like the name was really accessible and eventually maybe there will be modules for for teenagers and children and different mm. different levels that it won't just be kind of connected to sexuality right. yeah right. wow mm-hmm. be great. Yeah, i feel like that could be so needed yeah, yeah. For sure. absolutely yeah get them while they're young yeah, we got to start with breaking the stigma with exactly. adults yeah. before yes. we could ever approach, you know, exactly. obviously adults then have the opportunity to take that and teach their own children. Yeah. And then eventually, potentially, there'll be that opening to bring that into schools or, yeah. you know, there's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And yeah, there's there was... a lot around, like, consent. You and I were talking about that this morning is that it's not just about accessing and finding a yes. Mm-hmm. It's really about really feeling what is what am I actually wanting? Is it a yes? Is it a maybe? Is it a no? You know, consent isn't about searching for the yes. It's or more permission. It's about like mutuality. Huh. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. a conversation together. You're accessing truth. Yeah. Really. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Definitely. Yeah. 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 That's, that's fantastic. I was, um, the, just the thing about children made me think of, um, there was a consent workshop that I went to that was related to, um, like a cuddle party group Mm -hmm. and they did sort of a consent training for educators. And one of the things that they talked about was how from a very early age, we're taught that we don't have autonomy Mm. because there's the like, go hug your aunt Susan. It's like, I don't want to. And it's like, you don't get a choice. Go hug her anyway, or go give her a kiss or whatever it is. And that those messages land in the body and then they play out in your life. Like I can't, if someone else, you know, makes a decision for me on some level, you know, you've kind of followed that. Yeah, you have to. And then you see how that plays out, right? Right, definitely. And it it really goes back to this this concept. I mean, something that I really love to, well, first of all, it really means something in my body, but it's around caring. Mm. It's like, do I care what this body that I'm coming into contact with feels? That's mm. about that's yeah. what consent is. So that yeah. we were talking about that mutuality. So why as adults would we want to hug a child that wasn't feeling like they wanted to hug us? Right. Totally. Right. What is yeah. that about? Yeah. yeah. You yeah, know? Definitely. And don't do we wanna allow space for people to come to us, yeah. not for us to force ourselves on people. Totally. But just find that mutuality of coming together. What a beautiful thing when a child runs to you and hugs yeah. you because exactly. they want to. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. There's exactly. a big difference between yeah. that yeah. and the other yeah. thing, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's a good segue. Right. So during the workshop that uh, we did yesterday, was that yesterday or was that two days ago? It was days two ago? days ago. Okay. Yeah. It all runs together. I can't yeah. even keep Yesterday was a bit of a blur. Yeah, yeah. it was a bit of a blur. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things that, that we talked about was like when addressing consent and when you're asking someone else to that you want to do something with them is first getting clear on the question of like, who is this for? Mm. And that was something that I'd actually heard before when someone was talking about um, with kink stuff, if someone asks like, oh, you know, would you like to do this type of thing together? And the question they respond with is, well, who is this for? Is this for me or for you? And then based on that answer, it might affect how they would answer and how they'd proceed. And I was just sort of like, and that makes sense, I, I guess, but it's a little bit confusing and, and seems very, I don't know, inorganic or something. But then during your workshop, you presented it in a way that to me at least felt much more conversational, much more organic, and just kind of working that understanding into the way you're talking about stuff. I was wondering if you could kind of give us like that sort of quick rundown on sort of the may I versus mm-hmm. would you like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You like me to take that? Go for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I love this one. And the, really, the most simple description of this is when uh, one person offers to give someone a massage. Right. And, and this they, could happen on a, in a club, yeah, a dance club, at a cuddle party, just at a dinner party, mm-hmm. having even with a partner. I mean, just sitting watching a movie. Right. And uh, and one person's idea of what the massage looks like might be very different from what the other person's idea of what the massage looks like. So someone says, "Would you like a massage?" And a really natural question could be, "Who is this for?" Whereas we don't often ask that. Instead, the person that's receiving the massage might say, sure, maybe they don't actually want a massage. And if, they, if you ask the question, who is it for, then maybe the person that's receiving the massage might say, well, if this is for me, I want you to massage my feet for 10 minutes. Mm. And then the person giving the massage would say, hmm, is that a gift that I want to give? Was that my intention in offering the massage? Mm. So... If the person that's offering the massage 
actually wants to touch your body for their pleasure, then the question should be, may I give you a massage for my pleasure? In that case, you are then giving them a gift. You're giving them the gift of your body for them to touch however they want within reason, mm -hmm. you know, within your boundaries. Uh, you could say then, yes, I will give you that gift, but please avoid my breasts and my throat mm -hmm. or something specific. Mm -hmm. You would give them some parameters in which that gift can take place rather than getting into this position where you say sure and they're giving you a shoulder massage which is turning into sort of a upper breast massage <laughs> and their fingers are sort of dancing closer to your nipples right. but you didn't really say that and the next thing you know they're trying to have sex with you yeah right. and yeah. even if this is your partner so you might be like i i want to watch the movie Fuck yeah, off, you know? yeah. <laughs> we were, we were yeah when when this was happening in the workshop when you were discussing this i was like yeah this happens so often to me and then all of a sudden there's a dick in my ass yeah and that and that's where we, when we really get down to it we talk about like that yes mm -hmm. without clarifying who's it's for there's murkiness yeah definitely around even within trusting your own body because you said yes and then you're like I don't want the dick in my ass right now yeah. but somehow I ended up here yeah and then you get into a place of like potentially even with partners being in a victim victimizer totally position mm -hmm. that is is really muddy mm -hmm. and and can create a lot of stuff that just by asking those simple questions with yeah maybe doesn't seem organic at first maybe it's a little clunky in language at first but it's way clunkier to then feel like you've somehow either victimized yourself or been victimized by a partner, new friend, mm. lover, or whatever. Right. So that little bit of clunkiness in the beginning to clarify who it's for can create so much fun too. Cause like when you give yourself as a gift to someone and you know that you're giving your body as a gift to them for their pleasure, what I've found is that all of a sudden there's this beautiful purpose, mm -hmm. this effortless purpose that, oh, just being, yeah is enough yeah. just That's being so is giving yeah. a gift of pleasure yeah. to someone yeah. yeah but unless you've clarified that you may not even in your own body really understand what you're doing yeah mm -hmm. well i feel that leads into something that i want to talk about which is that specifically this workshop that you facilitated was specifically about the act of taking for your own pleasure mm. and even that phrase i think can be so activating to so many people the idea of like taking something from someone else. that's why i chose it yeah <laughs> that it, it's provocative for sure and i think you know again like in the massage example the idea of you know are you giving me a gift of like you truly want to massage my shoulders and get rid of my tension and make me feel good or do you want to feel my body and i think it's really interesting you know something that i think i uncovered in the workshop is is that that's not necessarily a bad thing as long as it's communicated about mm -hmm. that again if a partner is at least clear with me mm -hmm. i want to give you a, like may i give you a massage because like i love your body and i really want to touch it and feel it and it's really arousing to me mm -hmm. and then again me giving me the opportunity to be like can i give that gift right now mm -hmm. like can mm -hmm. i let you take right now or not um and if i can then it's like yeah that's great and again like it doesn't create that sense of like oh this person kind of tried to take advantage of me in yeah. that situation mm -hmm. yeah. yeah so i know that you've talked about the fact you know you've you've referenced it's betty martin yeah. right in the wheel yeah. of consent and that taking is part of the wheel of consent mm -hmm. uh, do you mind just giving a really quick and dirty sense of how taking fits into like the other ecosystem of this particular modality mm -hmm. yeah so we have um i'm a really visual person so that always we have your helps. chart with you here so yeah. yeah we've got the wheel of consent and there's four quadrants just like a pie there's four slices right and there's serve take allow and accept mm. and then in service you're always that's always going to benefit others okay and you're always going to be saying yes i will this is what i'm giving the gift right okay when well, you're saying yes i will yes i will if you can give if you can give it yes and then if you're in the taking quadrant the action is for yourself so oftentimes we'll be taking but really we're trying to serve does that make sense yeah um, and you're always going to say, may I, because you're asking for permission. You're asking for access. 
um, in allowing. Did you have something? Yeah, to talk just about? To, just to clarify that the the muddiness sometimes mm-hmm. in when you're giving an action. So the action when you're in service is going to the to someone that's accepting that service. Mm-hmm. When you're taking, it's going to someone that's allowing you to take. So mm-hmm. the action is going in in one way. With service, you're giving the gift to the person that's accepting. And with taking, actually, the gift is going from the allower to you. Mm-hmm. So the murkiness comes in when people go uh, towards an action with the the guise, let's say, of service when they're actually taking. Yeah. Right. Like the massage example exactly. that turns exactly. into yeah. so actually say, just feeling oh, your body. I'm yeah. presenting this option as though it's a service to you. Right, and then it's like... But it's not a service. I'm taking from you for my pleasure. Yeah. Right? Right. That's Happens. where it gets muddy and you get outside of consent. The, yeah. The, the example that comes to, to my mind to think of something that's maybe more directly sexual than a massage is I think about, you know, if a partner asks me, may I go down on you, for mm-hmm. instance. Mm-hmm. And I've definitely gotten some murkiness there where it's like sometimes I've had a partner approach me and it truly is like service. Like I want to pleasure you. I want uh-huh. to give you an orgasm or 10 or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> um, and the <Lovely>. sometimes <laughs> where it has been like I want to go down on you, but I want that to be the warm up to me fucking you uh-huh. or whatever. Uh-huh. Which again, maybe like maybe I'm feeling like, yeah, that's great. Or maybe I'm not. Um but I don't know. Have you ever experienced that? Where sure, yeah. I mean, it, it's difficult to say no sometimes, and we got into that obviously too. But when it is under this, like, well, I'm about to do you a service. I'm about to go down on you, which feels good, right? Mm-hmm. But maybe you're in a space where you don't want that, and yet I don't or maybe know. Maybe you're. Oh, for me, usually it, it's like sometimes I'm in a space where it's like, yeah, I'll take you going down. Sure, maybe I don't but know I, I don't want to have sex. sex with you. Yeah, yeah. you know, and that, again, lines. that murkiness there of like. I want to say yes to this, but maybe the actual request I should be saying no to. Well, and the idea that it's something that I feel so often is that if somebody is doing me a service, I have to service them as well. Mm. I have to automatically like give them a blowjob then later or let them fuck me. You know, exactly. Because it has to be equal in that way. And I can't just simply being a, be a being who it allows themselves to like just be given pleasure mm-hmm. with no nothing in return to mm-hmm. the other person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And often with, um, you know, when someone is saying, may I go down on you mm-hmm. and, and you can clarify and say, well, who is this for? Is it for you? Mm-hmm. Then you might set a time container and you say, yeah, you can go down on me for your, for your pleasure for, 10 minutes i actually have a business meeting or i have something going on <laughs> yeah. like, or, sure. or or i, I to only want it to be this yeah i'm not i'm not consenting to sex after and mm. i'm not agreeing to necessarily pleasure you as well yeah but if you mm. want to pleasure me for 15 minutes great have yeah. at right. it mm-hmm. and if it is for you then you'll know it's for you if you can give them direction yeah mm, interesting i would like right. you to go faster slower please and if their feelings get hurt then it really was it for you no. Right. And so Probably then not. then you'll know if you give direction and they say thank you, yeah. then you know it's really for you. Mm-hmm. So that's something that you can kind of negotiate to and build that language with your partner. Not yeah. everyone's going to have this language. So yeah. And it that, can be sexy too. It doesn't have to be like, okay, we're, uh, we're going to follow this and <laughs> right. I'm going to shame you for not following the <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It can be like, ooh, I want to try this really hot thing with you. I want to mm. really get into like our dynamics and mm-hmm. like... You know, you can make it playful. Yeah, yeah. consent sure. can be sexy. Yeah, yeah. of course, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and the, and the training, the training each other too with your partners too, and even friends too, training each other around this yeah. is really beautiful. Yeah. It's really oh, great. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to get into, it, and this is potentially challenging just because it's men and women that I'm about to talk about, but I, I, I know as a female-bodied person. I have felt objectified, you know, by men all of my life. Mm. And yet I have had a lot of partners who ask me the question or or just say, like, I want to feel objectified by you in sex. And how often I say to myself, like, I have no idea how to do that. Yes. I, yeah. Yes. We had a lot of conversations yeah. about this. Sure. Um, yeah. Okay if I shared. Yeah. You want yeah. Go for more? it. Okay. And yeah. No, it just basically I want I wanted to ask the question, like, how the fuck do I do that? Mm. Like, yeah. is, are there tools? Are there good <laughs> yeah. ways to go about approaching that in a way that will be, you know, great for my partner? I call it taking as a service. Mm. Yeah. If you can really drop into like 
not touching them how you think they're going to love it, but really, really drop into like what turns you on about their body and how can you really take it? And it's hot when they know that they can give you the gift. Of yeah, that. yeah. You know, and vice versa. Once you really get into taking, then you can be objectified and actually feels good. Sure. Yeah. You are going, yes. yeah. It's like, take pleasure in my right. body and yeah. my pussy and my ass, you know, yeah. whatever the yeah. thing is, yeah. right? Yeah. I yeah. Just think, is that, yeah, do you yeah. want to add yeah. to that? Yeah, I like, mean, it's, it's such a beautiful thing because it, it is so very common to, to hear that from women that is like, I've been objectified my whole life and it doesn't feel good. And the reason it doesn't feel good is because you didn't agree to it. Sure. Yeah, it is. And when you do agree to it, it feels fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, you may have partners, men or women that yearned for that. They yearn to feel taken from and sexy Mm -hmm. and desired. Mm -hmm. And so when your body is being used as a tool for someone else's desire, that's a beautiful thing. It's like one of the most nourishing and healing things as a man to feel taken from in that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's yeah. something also that in your nervous system that can become healed and nourished like on a deep level. So if you have had um, things in the past that have been felt really wrong, there's a way to bring it back in to so actually feel really good about yeah, it. Yeah. There's a lot time. of deep healing there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's funny you, you mentioned that because I had an experience kind of on the opposite side from what Emily was talking about at the workshop where where we were doing the exercise where you would partner up and ask to do something to the other person for your own pleasure, yeah. like mm-hmm. we're talking about. And uh, May with, I do this to you for right, my pleasure. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, my partner asked, she's like, could I sit behind you and just kind of like touch or squeeze like your shoulders and like your muscles or your arms or your chest or whatever. And, uh, you know, it's like, Sure. Yeah. And I had this weird thing of, of at first feeling like, oh, I'm getting a massage or something. Right. Mm -hmm. And then being like, wait, no, this is for her. And I just had this, like, this doesn't compute. Like (laughs) I'm just sitting here and she's getting something out of it. Like as a, as, as a man, I feel like for the most part, my body has been valued for what it can do Uh and not just what it is. And that was this, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, just like, yeah, I feel like women, it's very much been the opposite. The opposite. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I thought about the fact that when it was that part of the workshop and, and I was trying to think of like, what would I want to take from a male partner for my own pleasure? And I'm like, I don't no know because idea. I've been so yeah. conditioned to like, he's the observer, I'm the observed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the consumed thing. He's the thing that does uh, the consuming. Yeah. Interesting you know? language And there. like, I yeah. think that a lot of us have been conditioned to kind of to learn how to take pleasure in that one way or another. Even you, slip into enduring. Or slipping yeah, into no, just sure. enduring it, you know, mm-hmm. because this is just what the dynamic is. Mm. And so, and the thing is that it's like when I sat with it and it's like, I know there's definitely a deep part of me that would love to take, especially from a male partner for my pleasure, but has like never even been, that's never seen the light of day, really. We can practice such, when we're done. That could be <laughs> such a hot, like, date night, like, even setting the tension of, like, hey, there's something I really want to play uh-huh. with you. Would you be willing to play? And they can go, yeah. And then you can kind of just lay, lay out the ground, yeah. you know, the parameters, and try it, even with simple touch or massage or kissing or whatever. It's, and, I, and I you have to remind hear. your partner, too, Ooh. like, as, as <laughs> men, we, the doing is hard to break. Yes. Your yeah. partner will reach up to participate right. and you have to smack their hand. When, <laughs> no. when, when she's taking from me, she'll just like, I'll reach up. I'll be like, oh, and she, it just smacks my hand down. And I'm like, oh yeah, right. I'm the fuck toy right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And like, loving it. Yeah, and loving yeah. it. And then when you can really drop into that space, mm. I honestly have never felt anything more nourishing sexually than, wow. than being in a totally non-doing, mm. pleasurable state. Mm-hmm. And actually it took a long, like quite, not a long time, but a fair amount of time to rewire my arousal. Yeah, Because yeah. laying right. on my back, yeah. I couldn't even really access an erection or arousal huh. for a bit in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just had to really drop in and relax. And so that's something that often, um, like I will present to male clients when yeah. they're having issues with, with erection, where sometimes you don't want to be doing, your body's not in a space of doing. And actually blood flow 
to your penis or your cock or whatever is is about relaxation. Mm. So if you can get out of your mind and into your body and relax, and all of a sudden there's this access to arousal that's a different one than we're used to. Yeah. Then we're then we're used to consuming. I like that you use that, like the consumed yeah. and the consumer. Yeah. yeah. That we're not always in that space. So yeah. this is like a real gentleness and tenderness that comes from dropping into that relaxing space. Yeah. Right, right, definitely. Amazing. For a long time now, we've been fans of adamandeve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. And now, not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also have a promo code that will work on adammail.com and evestoys.com, which are their site specifically for LGBTQ audiences. And our code is fantastic. It's 50% off of almost any item in the store and free discreet shipping when you use our code MULTI. Yes, we love adamandeve.com and have for years. They are our oldest and longest sponsor, and they just keep on giving great gifts to us and to our listeners you can bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your bedroom by going to adamandeve.com adammail.com or evestoys.com and select any one item it can be you know an adventurous new toy or anything you desire something fun something sexy whatever sounds good so just enter offer code multi at checkout and you'll get 50 percent off almost any item plus free shipping that's multi, M-U-L-T-I, at adamandeve.com, adammail.com, or evestoys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast, and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code MULTI to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping. Code M-U-L-T-I. As we've mentioned, all three of us had these really interesting, profound, different experiences as a result of the workshop. And... One of the exercises that you did was an exercise of um, kind of helped people to figure out what yes and no feels like in the body. And so, you know, we partnered up, Emily and I partnered up Mm -hmm. and we had to ask each other these different questions of like, you know, may I do this or will you do this? But the answer from the other person had to be a no every single time. And, um, and then we also, you know, switched and where the answer had to be a yes, but you didn't do the action. You just had to answer yes to the question And that was so interesting to me because for me, her asking me a bunch of questions of things that would have been a yes answer, Uh things that I would have liked to have done, but have to say no. I think again, for me as a woman, I don't have a lot of that experience of saying no when it is a yes. It's more Mm -hmm. of like saying yes or giving an implicit yes when it's really a no inside Mm -hmm. my body. And so that was like a really, really fascinating brand new experience for me of saying no when it is a yes. And I know that there were some men in the workshop having the new experience of saying yes when it is a deep disgusted no yeah, in a lot of bodies yeah. very disgusted at times. It, it seems my impression of like not that you never had that experience before yeah. is that something that that people d- uncover frequently in your workshops yeah absolutely mm-hmm. i mean just getting in touch with the different answers and how they feel in the body because sometimes we don't really even notice that and so it's some, something happens in people like wow I, I said something and that wasn't true inside. Like, how do I get these two things to match? You know, which is the big aha. What about you, Cosmo? Yeah, I mean, two <laughs> things. One, I was so curious to ask the men specifically what was causing that reaction, but I wanted to respect their individual <laughs> right, space sure. between them. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, it, I definitely tried to push my partner because I was paired with a male partner for uh-huh. that. And yeah, I definitely he, was like, I'm going to push him on the things that I'll ask to do that I know that he has to say yes to. Not that we're going to do it, but just so he could have that experience. Yeah. And, nice. and he was one of the men who made that comment of, <laughs> yeah. of like, wow, this that, was... That felt disgusting in my body. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. The, and the, you know, that exercise is specifically for that. It's about imprinting the recognition of what something feels like that's mm-hmm. opposite to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And then being able to take that out into your other, you know, your everyday life. And not specifically, again, I like to keep saying that we, we work within the realm of sexuality, but these tools are about accessing this to better your life in general, right. not just your sex life. Yeah. Like someone wants to borrow your car, sure. And when inside you're like, fuck, you know? Like, and then you feel that. We yeah. really want it to match. You know, it's really beautiful when you're really in integrity and someone can receive your yes, they can also receive your no and your maybe. Mm. Like that. this is the whole culture that we're, you know, 
trying to find maybe even celebrate yeah. it celebrating yeah, right. celebrating all the answers you know yeah. for one, one of the women in the workshop said wow i just realized that that i thought that was a baseline of how i was supposed mm -hmm. to feel i just thought that's how i felt mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah and then she said oh, I don't have to feel that way. I don't just have to say yes. Like when she had the opportunity to say no, she said that there was a resolution. There was something mm. that shifted in her body that felt mm. at ease, that felt wow. different. And that's like, wow, like that, again, sure, it applies to sexuality, but that goes so much deeper than sexuality. That's at the grocery store. That's letting someone budge in line in front of you. That's something that your doctor says to you, take this medication, yes, no problem. Did you, you know, like mm -hmm. being able to feel the truth of what that feels like and then have the recognition of how to start implementing that into your life. Yeah, so yeah. otherwise and you feel it, yeah. Yeah, otherwise you're just overriding that natural system, which always feels like shit, Yeah, you know? Our I'm bodies are so finely tuned. They're <laughs> such beautiful instruments. Mm -hmm. And when we get into the habit, the pattern, like you said something, Dedeker, earlier about just, um, about slipping into enduring mm -hmm. and disassociating. And so that we have these, you know, maybe you're, maybe you have the opportunity with a lover where it's a beautiful experience, but you're so used to slipping there that you're not even really fully present with mm. it. And so it's oh, about yeah. being present with life by not putting our bodies into a constant state of trauma or distrust with our choices. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just constantly saying yes all the time because I'm so bad at saying no. And that means like, I had three restaurant jobs at one time because I couldn't say no to two of to them. To the shifter. No, yeah. It, well, yeah, or just like somebody was like, oh, I want you to work with me. And I said, sure, I'll do it. And then I never had a life, for example. And, right. And just things like that and really being able to say no and mean it and be okay with that mm -hmm. and not just constantly say yes. It's it's so profound and it needs to happen especially for those right. of us who are shitty at it seriously yeah, yeah. and Dedeker, yeah. you said something earlier too about that you may not have really specific large traumas in your life mm -hmm. but like i call that micro traumas mm -hmm. that we're like we all are carrying a certain level of trauma in our body even if we don't have something major to reflect upon oh it's this and we have to get over that it's actually these tiny little traumas along the way that build up into this like ah yeah fuck right. no and hopefully you can come out with that and then start to celebrate your no and mm -hmm. celebrate your yes mm -hmm. yeah I, the the example of from the workshop of you know of men having that experience of saying yes when they mean no for the first time i feel like that's super powerful and that's something that i wish there was a way to, to get that out there more mm -hmm. i found that that for me um you know, the first time I experienced that in like a workshop setting was a different consent workshop, which was a similar thing of like asking for something and you have to say no, mm -hmm. uh, or then asking for something and you have to say yes. But what I found was for me in my life, the first time I really experienced that myself was when I first sort of opened myself up to having sexual relationships with men. Mm. And that then all of a sudden I started experiencing some of these things, not right away, but just those little things. And then some slightly more major ones where it was like, wow, I hated everything about what just happened. Mm. Mm. And I'm like really like traumatized and upset about it, mm -hmm. but I never said no to it. Mm -hmm. And it's that thing that I had never understood before when I had when I was only the male in a heterosexual relationship with women because mm -hmm. it was following these gender roles that... Yeah we don't even question. Mm -hmm. And for yeah. me, that was like a mm -hmm. shocking, I had a lot to, to deal with and like yeah. process in, in coming to terms with that. And then it put my own interactions from the past in a different light. It was just like, yeah. fuck me, like I suck. Like I Aww. can't believe, I, cause I just didn't know. Yeah, yeah. that, to feel it. I think just like if more of us, more of us men, especially heterosexual men, but I think really everybody could have that experience mm -hmm. of seeing what those are like. I mean, my hope is that those men from the workshop are able to kind of go back and go, geez, I didn't quite realize what my female partners were getting at if they ever said like, oh, I felt pressured into this thing or like I couldn't say no or you know, something like that to mm -hmm. go, oh God. Like, yeah, I, I have that's a, a taste like. of what that feels <laughs> that's like. That's a really and big it, thing yeah. to know right now yeah. in this very volatile time when yeah. I think, yeah, things like that have been questioned and so few people actually 
know what that experience is like. Yeah. 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 And then caring. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So instead of being defensive, oh, well, you said sure. yes. Yes. Right. Instead of caring, there's two things: both caring, so that you you want to know, and you're like, thank you for sharing. That's a vulnerable thing to share to a partner. That actually, mm-hmm. I felt like what we were doing was not my body wasn't totally consenting to it. Mm-hmm. And then from from the other side is also being solution oriented. So not not blaming yeah. when maybe you did consent to something, and and then you slipped out of consent within your body, but did not vocalize that to your partner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So from where they're yeah. coming from, they're in a place of consent. They th- they're in a mindset that the person they're engaging with is it's a consensual act. Yeah. If you don't communicate that. So that's why we have to be in this like solution-based space around educating with language and experience so that we don't start pointing fingers and creating this divide between the masculine and the feminine and start claiming toxic masculinity when really it's a lack of education. Not in all cases, this is like void of very specific abuse scenarios. But when we're just dealing with individuals interacting on a regular basis, there are lots of traumas that are happening just because of not having the education around language. Right, right. That reminds me of a story I wanna share with a a partner of mine that, we were like, I forget how we even came to this realization, but like there was a particular like sex act that both of us would do like to each other. And for me, it was always like enduring. It was always just enduring. It was like, well, he enjoys this. This is good for him. I'm going to endure this mm-hmm. until it somehow came out that he felt the same exact thing that yep. he was like, he was enduring it too. Cause he assumed <laughs> oh, wow. like, oh, she enjoys this. Yeah. Who is I'm this gonna for? Do it. Oh, I've had and this. And to, like, I'll just deal people. with it. And yeah. we were both just like, yeah. like mind blown. We're like, well, let's not fucking do that anymore. But again, <laughs> it was that same thing where it was like, instead of even saying, Hey, this doesn't feel good. Or, Hey, can I try doing it a different way, I automatically was just like, I'm just gonna endure it. And then the fact that he did too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And yeah. talk about just how much we need like that communication or just even just one person to finally speak up and be like, hey, actually, you know what? Like, let's change this. Is this working oh, for you? Yeah. yeah. It's not yeah. really like- Exactly. Yeah, because if somebody is in their pleasure and you're allowing, maybe you're not enduring, maybe you are enduring and you mm-hmm. can find a place of allowing. Right. But because you know it's for their pleasure, but if nobody's in their pleasure, why are we doing this? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who is exactly. it for? It was that one. Yeah. It's like, yeah, no one's in their pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's not do this yeah. ever again. Yeah. 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 Um, so when you have a new partner or when you just meet someone even at the, you know, at the grocery store or uh, anyone in general who doesn't have a language for what we're talking about here. What do you do? I mean, how can you sort of introduce it, maybe like a new partner to something like this? I kind of right off the bat. <laughs> can I, I just I have a yeah, quick one ahead. and then go. Yeah, I laugh because my wife, Caitlin, um, on every first date walks the people through the wheel of consent. Wow. And I just laugh because she I'm like. She did like you, on a little cocktail napkin. Yeah, and like, she just draws <laughs> it out. She's like, just this. so you know, in, in, in our interactions, like this is the language that I would like to know you understand wow. before yeah. engaging. And, That's great. And, oh, and, and, and I mean, she's a sex educator and so it comes very comfortable. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but there there are tools to begin that and so. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's not always appropriate to like bust out the wheel even on a napkin. Okay, so before we make out, we're going to do this thing. There's a time and a place for it. I mean, if this is someone that you're really like wanting to maybe, you know, be a partnership or date or something like that, then you're like, you turn into a game. That's what I do anyway. Like, ooh, do you want to, do you want to, do you want to practice? You know, or, or actually what I will do is like ask the person, how do you like to be touched? And they're like, like <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and I may, I mean, it's, it's pretty public, like what I do. So there's curiosity around, Ooh, what do you teach? You know, what are your workshops mm-hmm. like? And so it could be like a conversation at dinner around the concepts of the wheel of consent, just to get to know each other. And then that could turn into like, Ooh, do you want to see how this plays out in a sexy game or something like right. that? Nice. You're going to find, once yeah. you like learn the concepts of the wheel of consent, you're going to find ways how it goes through your body and how it comes out. In, in your interactions. Like if I'm at a play party, for example, um, I will just use certain languaging, but I'm not gonna turn it into like an educational thing because sure, it's not right. really the time of the place for that because yeah. you're in a loud place, there's bodies everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but yeah. there's small ways that you can do it inside your body and then also see what their response is. And mm-hmm. then you can turn the conversation to, yeah, what what would you like you know, for your pleasure? Yeah. You know, and really check in. So you're actually giving them the experience of the wheel without 
drawing it out. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know? yeah. And later you can follow it up or maybe it comes in a different way. You know? And there's there's um, Betty Martin again on her website has this three minute game mm-hmm. that oh, cool. anyone can download and play with their partners. Mm-hmm. Oh. And we've done it at play parties too. Well, we'll a lot of play parties will have like an educational piece in the beginning, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Or like in a speaker or something like that. And so we'll, we'll present the three minute game and bring out tools and like fun toys and like little things and we'll get people into their bodies and like play the game have the you know the three minute game it's a it's a contained uh time to actually experience what do i want with this person and how do i ask for it and then that turns into the play party which everyone has the a basic yeah language anytime you can lengthen play mm-hmm. yeah that's fun like if yeah. you if you're like I mean, even with a new partner, without the whole explanation, if you just say, I really like this, I like to be asked where you touch me mm-hmm. and how you want to touch me. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, like, <laughs> yeah. there's this charge <laughs> like, oh, yeah. right? I would like to touch your shoulder. Uh-huh. Could I kiss your neck? You know, and it becomes this really fun, super charged and actually really, really sexy engagement. Right. Super hot. Uh, that, that really stretches out the pleasure too, mm-hmm. right? Why, well, like... Sometimes we rush in and, of you know, course. and that's where mm-hmm. like, yeah. you know, before everyone's genitals are ready and before your bodies are integrated. And mm-hmm. so it gives an opportunity for energies to align mm-hmm. before moving into these more mm-hmm. you know, intense expressions of pleasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. just the idea that a new partner and you would have this from the beginning sounds so awesome yeah. instead of like, and obviously people are learning this and, and they can learn it even in an established relationship, but, but coming at a new relationship with this and just having that be the way in which you interact with each other from the beginning sounds yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. such a powerful tool to bring in even in established relationships of like, wow, this changes how I'm going to communicate and, yeah. and treat you now. Yeah. Right. yeah. I just wanted to, you know, cause I think that like you mentioned that, you know, you don't have to bust out the cocktail napkin, napkin that you can change your language and how yeah. you actively ask someone mm-hmm. how they like to be touched or ask them, do you want this faster or slower? Mm-hmm. Is this pressure still working for you? Or do mm-hmm. you want it lighter or whatever? Um, I found for me that recently it's also been not just about changing the way I talk to the other person, but just like really trying to have integrity about speaking up if I am mm-hmm. enduring something or yeah. speaking up if something's not working for me. And yeah. that has been like the hardest habit yeah. to break yeah. after mm-hmm. so many years of just kind of taking it or just kind of like settling for like, well, this is kind of pleasurable. I'll just kind of take what I can get. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really hard to do. Yeah, for I mean, sure. I've never regretted it anytime that I have, you know, yeah. any, of course, anytime that I have actually spoken up and said like, Oh, actually, could you do this? Could you touch me this way? Can you try this angle that of course it feels better and then it's so much better, but it's still so hard to break mm-hmm. that ingrained yeah. habit after so many years of doing mm-hmm. it. Yeah. yeah. I, I loved uh, in the workshop when we were doing that, when it was the other way where it's, I'm doing something to you for you uh, that you said, you know, to be giving direction throughout of like, Oh, could you do that a little bit harder, a little softer? Or could you move onto my shoulder or whatever it was? Like if it was a massage or something, was that the person receiving that should just say thank you yes. uh, rather than taking it personally about you when they're just telling you what their body likes. Uh-huh. But yeah. I find that that I feel like I've gotten comments from both of you mm. that you've had partners, especially male partners, who you'll say, oh, can you do that a little bit differently? And they kind of seem miffed about it or mm. just don't take the note either, or say sorry. It's, yeah. 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 It's, it's either, yeah, saying sorry, or it's like taking it personally. Or the one that really baffles me is like, I can, I, they just don't take the note where I can say three times in the space of five minutes, can you go a little slower? Have you a tried go a little slower? Have you tried saying you like, I would really like it if you would slow down. Huh. You can turn it yeah. into dirty talk too. So right. it's not like, I'm going to give these instructions because it can that's also true. like it interrupt the intimacy. So yeah, that changes maybe the there's a different way that you could say it. Yeah, that's yeah. true. You could definitely try that. Wow, that's yeah. interesting. I actually, I feel like I've done something like that sometimes again to kind of soften it so they don't feel like I'm saying you're doing it badly. Yeah. Get your inner coach out. That's interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to, I also wanted to mention that um, I love the idea of like drawing this on the cocktail napkin and having the explanation Mm -hmm. because we've actually talked before about doing the same sort of thing with talking about sexual health and STIs Mm -hmm. is to talk about it 
just as a conversation piece during a first date, for example. Absolutely. Of just, oh, you know what? Yeah. I was just listening. And our, we always love to give the excuse <laughs> of, I was just listening to this podcast. <laughs> and they were talking it's the about excuse. Yeah. STIs and like, oh, I just had my checkup a couple months ago and uh-huh. these were my results. And I learned yeah. these cool things from the podcast of just, so it's not like, I'm asking about your status yeah, because like, I want to have sex with you. It's mm-hmm. like before we're even there. Cause mm-hmm. that's people are always like, well, I don't want to kill the mood there. Yeah. Or yeah. I don't want to ask about it early because then they're like, Whoa, why are you asking about this? I'm not, <laughs> we, we're not there yet <laughs> is to just bring it up conversationally. Uh-huh. Uh, and I feel like this could be sort of the exact same thing yeah. of just yeah. in that sort of getting to know you conversation it's like have that in your repertoire of like this mm. is a thing I bring up on first dates to talk about. This is a cool thing I learned about. I found this really fascinating. Just like, I'm, like this is a thing I'm really interested in. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And then you're also promoting good practice. Totally. Right. Yeah. right? Yeah. Whether you're gonna date this person or not. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then they're just like, easier. oh, they learn about yeah. Betty Martin's wheel of consent, which is gonna affect every other relationship in their life. Mm. Right. They're learning about, you know, that you can go get tested regularly and how that impacts, you know, relating right. to partners. Yeah. 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 But yeah. that and I think that in part of having that conversation, it gives you a chance early on before you're in a potentially more compromising situation to see how they react to those conversations. Yeah, I, yeah. that's yeah. a big one. Like yeah. if I meet someone and I can just tell by their body language that they're, they just, they can't really access their yes and no and maybe, you mm. know, I, I would be, I would just treat it differently, you know, and maybe I, I wouldn't engage. I would only, I would make the choice how far I want to engage. Same with like right. STIs. Once you know the information, right, mm-hmm. you can make an informed decision on how am I going to interact with this person now yeah. with right. this information. Yeah, but just even how they react. Yeah, if they're if they're like <laughs> super uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. or yeah. or even for some people I know, like if they talk about STIs and someone uses terms like "oh well, I'm clean," right? To them, it's an That's indication of like you don't really know enough about this. Yeah. Yeah, so absolutely. let's maybe not until we can either have that conversation or maybe just not. Period. Right. 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 That, that and I could see with this is similar thing where mm-hmm. like if they immediately go to a defensive place or like a legalistic place about it, yeah. you might be like, mm, I don't think we're yeah. ready to, to go here yeah. because you're not capable of having this conversation with me in not a way that feels moment. respectful to me and, yeah. right. and all that. I very much felt that where I've just, you know, maybe met someone said, let's have a date and, mm-hmm. and not necessarily bringing up specifics around STI testing or the wheel of consent, but just generally interacting with them and like a lack of eye contact or confidence in there. Mm. And I just, I, I can already sense some type of lack of clarity or power imbalance. And it's just like, okay, well maybe this isn't, this relationship isn't going to move into this. They may be, mm. you know, attractive and all mm-hmm. of that, but uh, are they able to meet you where you're at? Right. Mm-hmm. Not to say mm. that it's better or worse, but just where you're energetically playing in. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Well, I feel like we could talk about these things forever, but we can only have an hour-long podcast. So um, can you please tell our listeners uh, where they can find out more information about you and the work that you do? Mm -hmm. Um, You can read or read. You can uh, look up my website, which is sexlovesoul.com. And with all the new hoopla around wording on the internet, I might need to change that. So you can, (laughs) um, yeah, so I'm Melissa Mango and you can look up sexlovesoul.com and you can also find out more about me through Happy Touch and Cosmo, I'll let you drop the things on that. Yeah, so you can find us at happytouch.ca. Another project that I'm working on is called the Apollo Project, which is Mm -hmm. uh, sensual retreats for men. And so that's the-apollo-project.com. Uh, another interesting one, just that I, I touched on it a little bit, is there's a company I work for that does sensual retreats for women. This is all like intensive um, five, six day retreats where we get to go through this, all of this information in practice somewhere in a, in a full immersion. Wow. And so that's uh, that's a company called Back to the Body. And that's uh, cool. the founder, Pamela Madison, is a, is a mentor and just a, a beautiful, inspired woman. Um, also our training, we're somatic sex educators. So you can go to the SSEA, uh, website, which is somatic sex educators.com or dot CA dot com. I think. Yeah. So we'll, we'll look it up. We'll yeah, so, people, so people can explore, uh, what we actually do. And, uh, and if you're interested, eventually probably in the next month or two months, uh, we're going to have an app launched around helping people find access to practitioners so that they can explore these types of things in a very safe container. Yeah. Um, and, 
and learn how to then go engage with partners in this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Well, that was great. All right. Thank yeah. you so much yeah. for, for taking the time uh, and letting us come into your lovely studio here yes. <laughs> to do this. Um, if you, the listener, would like to have your question or comment played on our show, you can call our number at area code 678 MULTI05. <laughs> or you can leave us a voice message or an audio message on the Multiamory Facebook page. You can also email us at info at or send us a message on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. To support our show and join our private Facebook community, go to patreon.com slash Multiamory. Multiamory is created and produced by Emily Matlack, Dedeker Winston, and me, Jace Lindgren. Our episodes are edited by Mauricio. Our social media wizard is Will McMillan. Our theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh and Anand from the Fractal Cave EP. The full transcript of this episode is available on its page at multiamory.com.